0: You are now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, It's 4th of July weekend. You could be anywhere else. And if you are, I do not blame you. It's totally okay. It's a great weekend to be with family, travel, do something fun. But you guys are here today. Look around. There's a lot of you in the room right now. There's a lot of you guys. So thank you so much for being here. If I haven't had the pleasure to meet you, my name is Jacob Sebus. I'm the kids director here at Charity, and it's my honor and privilege to lead your kids and teach them and get to be with them each and every week. And so thank you for allowing me to be up here today. Thank you for Pastor Marty for entrusting me in the pulpit to teach. And so I'm really excited to uh, hop in today. If you've come in today weary, tired, burdened, restless, God's word has something for you today I think that's gonna be super restful, and I can't wait for us to hop into it. But before we start I got to ask you a question. Have you ever come back from vacation tired before? Anybody? All right. You go to vacation. It's supposed to be the most restful thing in the world. You have high hopes for it. You go to vacation and then ends up being pretty stressful or not very restful. Um, Have you ever needed a vacation from your vacation is another way we could say it. Um, If you're like me and you probably are, we've had a vacation like that before. There was one in particular that I remember. It was back in 2020 Aubrey and I went with um, her family, my in-laws. We went to the mountains and we were taking a trip, kind of like a hybrid trip to the mountains and also to see the Biltmore house. Has anybody seen the Biltmore house before? Pretty cool, right? Massive, a lot of historical things going on in the Biltmore house. And so we went on this trip and uh, we were super excited about it. Uh, The first two days we were there, we hiked some mountain trails Got pretty tired, was out in the sun all day. This is in the middle of July, by the way, for this trip. So we're in the middle of the summer sun. Um, had a good time doing that, though. So we get to the day for the Biltmore House. And, uh, you know, if you go to the Biltmore House, you have to schedule a time slot in order to go in and tour the house. You can't just go in and walk around. You have a tour guide, uh, time slot. Anyways, we had our time slot. It was for a little bit later on in the day. And so we decided to go walk the trails and the gardens and the flower places back there. Have you done that before? If you have been, Anybody? Maybe a couple. Okay, cool. You've walked. Okay, sweet. So they have the trails. You go walk past the house and you go back to all these different areas where you see beautiful flower beds and stuff, gardens. You see the, the greenhouse. You see all the good stuff. And we're walking back on these trails there. We're having a good time. There's people around us. So we're just doing our thing. And then eventually time goes on and we start getting further and further away from the house. And eventually we're like, are we even close to the house? Where's the house actually at? We end up getting lost out there on these trails, okay? And uh, let me tell you, we truly did get lost. Um, we ended up on this one trail that was not even an actual trail. We were trying to find our way back, and you know everybody's trying to decide which way to go. We're like, I, let's try it this way. I think this looks like the best way to get back. Um, we were on this one trail for about 30 minutes straight, and it doesn't sound like a long time, but when it's in the middle of July in the summer sun, it's hot. You're tired, okay? So we're on this trail for 30 minutes. We finally get to the end of it. I just looked at the picture last night to confirm us what it said. We looked back and it said, no guests allowed beyond this point. It was a dirt road. That was one they would travel on to get back and forth to different parts of the house. We had been on that road forever and I was exhausted by the end of it, okay? At the back of a line of the our family was my mother-in-law who was tired and having to take breaks and, and get some water and breathe. And my father-in-law was in the front of a line just trekking, having a good time. And, I'm somewhere in the middle trying to be mediator and check on everybody, and I don't know. It was, it was amazing, but to say the least, I was not too restful after that, um, after that little part of our trip. We got to the Biltmore house, and by that point, you know, you're tired, you're thirsty, you're hungry. For me, I'm grumpy, I get hangry. So I was a little hangry at that point, point. I'm like, I don't even care about the Biltmore house. I don't care about, I just saw one flower. You've seen one flower, you've seen them all, okay? You, you know what's going on here. I'm just tired, I'm ready to be done, That's how I felt on that trip. And so wasn't super restful, had high hopes for it, but, you know, wasn't that restful. And that happens to us sometimes when we go on vacations and go on trips. And so today we're gonna look at a passage in Matthew where Jesus talks about rest, but rest greater than rest on a vacation that you go on, greater than a nap on your couch or sleeping in your bed at night, a rest for our souls that only he can provide for us. And I have a question, what if rest was a way of life? What if it wasn't something we try to go find in these temporary things, but what if rest was a way of life that we could walk in, in somebody, a person as well that we know? I believe it is, and God's word has something really good for us today about this, so we are gonna be in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 and 30. So if you have your Bible and wanna go ahead and open it with me, I got mine up here, got my notes. Um, Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 is where we are going to be today. And as you're flipping there or getting ready, Um, some quick context in this passage before we get to the part that we're gonna read. Jesus is in front of this crowd. He's talking to them regarding John the Baptist, his cousin, and then he ends up um, praying to the Father out loud and thanking the Father that he's hidden the things of the kingdom from those who are wise and understanding, those who have it all together and don't need him And he's revealed the things to the little children, the needy, the dependent, those who need to trust in Christ. He's thanking them for that. And then at the end, our passage today is where Jesus turns to the crowd and he begins talking and giving this amazing invitation that we're gonna look at today and uh, just some other awesome things. So let's, let's read this together. Starting in verse 28, he says, Jesus says, "'Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, "'and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm going to pray for us and we'll get started. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for loving us. Um, I pray you'd be with me as I'm about to preach your word. I pray that your word would be the the main focus of this. God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and our hearts to be softened, and our minds to understand your word and see it for what it is, and to find the true rest that is only found in you. Help us to find that today through your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says amen. Awesome. I say that with the kids, but I say it with you guys. It was fun. I said, everybody says, and all kids go amen. Anyways, so... Let's start right in the first verse here from our passage. We're gonna start in verse 28, where Jesus says, come to me. I've got it here, as come to him. But he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. that's why I asked the question, are you weary, are you tired today? Have you come in with a burden in your heart, in your mind, your soul? If so, you're in the right spot under God's word today. He's got something for us. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We see right here the beautiful Wonderful invitation of Jesus Christ to come to him. Now in an immediate sense, this is Jesus talking about the burdens that the Pharisees would place on the people around and have this high standard they had to live up to that they couldn't live up to. He's talking about that in an immediate sense, but in a grander sense, it's Jesus' open invitation for you and I to come to him and find our rest in him for eternal, permanent, lasting rest. Not like the one you get when you go on the Biltmore House trails. Different rest, a permanent, lasting, beautiful rest. And this sounds great, right? Like Jesus tells us, come come to me, okay? All who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That sounds awesome. But the thing is, guys, you and I, we don't do a good job at coming to him, do we? Let me give you an example of this. Adam and Eve in the garden, they sin. What do they do? Do they go to God? No, they, they hide. They try to cover themselves. They get away. They distance themselves from God. In the midst of their sin, they find themselves ashamed, hiding, guilty, and distancing themselves from him. And so two reasons I think why we don't come to God, why we don't come to Christ, when his arms are open with this open invitation are these two things. Number one, sin, an obvious one, right? Our sin distances us from God and it puts this this weird burden there, right? We we don't wanna come to him because we're ashamed, we're guilty. I wrote down guilt, shame, and, and embarrassment, right? We feel these things and we're like, You know, I've I've done it again. I've committed that sin. I said I would never do it again, and here I am in the middle of doing it. Um, I've thought that, thought. I've said that thing. I've done it again, and I need to distance myself. Here's Christ, I need to step away from him. He's ashamed of me, doesn't want anything to do with me. I need to go away. That's the first response I think we have is our sin, and our sin, again, distances us from him rather than pushes us to come to him. When reality, it should push us to come to him because his arms are open and he is ready to receive us even in the midst of our sin because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In a moment where Christ is ready to receive us and to embrace us, we're caught up in our own thinking of who he is rather than uh, our thoughts of who he is rather than who he really is. And there's a second thing I think why we we do this as well is false views of Jesus. It kind of goes into that as well. We know the truth about jesus from his word we know he uh he loves us he's not on the cross for our sins he's done everything in our place needed for us to be declared righteous before god yet we have these false views of him we have these views of jesus as maybe angry or upset or we in our minds what i'm trying to say is we think about him and we're like yes i know he's all these things but maybe for me he he's not that he's that for all of you guys but for me you know He doesn't want anything to do with me. Maybe for you, he made an accept, you know, whatever. But for me, he doesn't want anything to do with me. He's ashamed of me. He's embarrassed of me. He doesn't want anything to do with me. And these views, that and sin, are things that distance us from Christ rather than coming to him with just a need for him. He tells us to come to him, but we we don't do it because of those two things. Um, I recently read a book called Gentle and Lowly. And it's based off this passage as well. And uh, the author, Dane Ortland has amazing things to say in there about how Christ's heart is for lowly sinners like you and me. His heart is for us, even in the midst of our sin, is when he's ready to receive us and ready for us to come to him. And we think in our heads we have to do something major. We have to clean up our act before we come to him when Christ is really saying, I know you already, come to me, come to me. Dane Ortland says this in his book. He says, the Christian life from one angle is the long journey of letting our natural assumption about who God is over many decades fall away, being slowly replaced with God's own insistence of who he is. We cannot let anything else other than God's word define who God is. Our minds can't do it, we can't make a false Christ and try to worship him because if we do, we're gonna distance ourselves from that Christ because of our sin, our false views of him, and we're gonna be hopeless. We're gonna be in the midst of our sin, crying out for a savior who is ready to receive us, but we have the wrong view of him. And this sermon for me today, just transparency, is born out of my own struggles with this. This is something that I deal with myself. These views of, you know, when you when you fall short or when you think about your life and your past, when you think about the things you've been a part of, you're like, I know he's this way, but surely that's that's not with me. You know, maybe he is for my family. Maybe he's that for my pastor, but he's not that way towards me. No way he is. And I wanna tell you today that he is that way for you. He has his arms open. He says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's rest to be found in Jesus Christ today. We can come to him with confidence and his word is true and he never tells us something he doesn't mean. If we believe his word, let's take it at face value. Let's believe him and let's come to him with confidence. And so our our sin and shame and embarrassment are the things that keep us away from him. Our false views of him are things as well that I believe keep us from him Um, I also had an example in there too, is when you're a kid, you tell a lie, maybe you break something at your house. Your first inclination is not to run to your parents and tell them, hey, I broke this window, I broke this thing. Our inclination is to run and hide and distance ourselves. And let me tell you today that Christ is here with open arms, ready to accept you and welcome you back in. Believer, unbeliever, he's here welcoming you in. Come to him. If you're weary and burdened, he will give you rest. He is our true rest. The second point I think from our text I want us to read is take his yoke. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, Many people, when we think of yoke, we think of this right here, this amazing, a yoke, Y-O-L-K, right? Think of that, but really not exactly what we're talking about here. A yoke is this right here. You may know what this is as well. This is a device that would be placed over the next of two oxen, two beasts, two wild beasts, as they're carrying the load. And there would be the wiser one, the one that was trained and learned on the um the yoke itself um, on the one side, the stronger of a trained, the wise. And you'd have the one in training on the other side, the one that was learning the weaker, the one. And it was yoked up to the strong one. And they would bear the load together. And so Christ in this text is telling us to come to him and take on his yoke. And what he means by that is we are to obey his commands. Now, full stop, you're probably thinking, okay, Jesus telling us to come to him today and then he's telling me to take on his yoke, put something over my neck that attaches me to a thing I have to carry. How is that restful at all? Tell me, how is that restful? Well, listen, we're gonna see how Jesus' commands give us life, how the way that he has designed us to live and the way that he has set things up to be is for our own good and for our freedom, true freedom. Because listen to this, true freedom is not found from responsibility. We like to think it is. We like to think that if I'm free, I can come to the Christian life, I can accept Christ as my savior and then go do me, which is what you say, you know, I'm gonna do me, do these things. I'm gonna go live how I wanna live, be how I wanna be. And we think we're gonna find true freedom in that. And it's not the case at all. Freedom from obedience isn't true freedom. And freedom from his commands is not true freedom as well. H.B. Charles Jr., a pastor, says it this way. Is a tree really free? when hurricane-force winds uproot it from its bondage to the soil? Is a fish truly free when the fisherman's hook delivers it from its bondage to the water? Is a train really free when it derails and escapes its bondage to the track? No, right? And no soul is free when it is living in rebellion to the God that created us. And H.B. closed out his thought by saying, true rest is not freedom from any responsibility It's holy bondage to the purpose for which you have been created by God. So Jesus tells us to come to him. We accept the invitation. We take on his yoke, but listen, his yoke is for your own good. Verse 30 tells us his yoke is easy and his burden is light. How is that the case? Let's see what John says. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved in 1 John 5, 3 tells us this, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. This is my favorite part. And his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. In fact, they are for our own good. We actually find rest in his commandments, believe it or not. It's not in the freedom to live how we wanna live and be how we wanna be and think how we wanna think. in the confines of his word and in his truth. That is where true rest is found. When we take on the easy yoke, the light burden that he gives us. That is where we find true rest. There's a yoke we have to take on, but listen, his commandments are not burdensome, they're for your good. He loves you, he cares about you. And when we operate and we live inside the confines of his commands, it is for our own good. And the beautiful thing is this, and you guys know this, as believers, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and we will never have to do something without the help of the Holy Spirit helping us walk in these commands. Jesus doesn't leave us on our own devices and say, obey me and live up to my standard and that's your righteousness. No, he's given you his righteousness already and declared you righteous in him. And he says, take on the easy yoke with me, walk with me and learn from me, grow from me. And that's how we obey his commands. He's helping us obey these things. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that he does for us. And he loves us so much that he helps us in the midst of all of it. He's never asking us to do something he hasn't already done perfectly and something that he won't help us do. He's there for us. and He's gonna help us along the way. He tells us to yoke with him, yoke up with Jesus and walk with him and learn from him. And please know this, you and I, if you think we're not burdened to anything or yoked to anything, we are all yoked to something. We all have things that we are connected to and tied to. If you think freedom is being away from Christ's commands, it's not true. You're in freedom um, from maybe his commands, but we're in bondage to our sinful wills that lead us to death. One commentator says this, everyone in life must carry a burden. The question is, whether we will carry one that is within our capacity or one that is heavier than we were designed for. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna carry the one that was too heavy for me. I wanna carry the one that was designed for me, the one that Jesus has fulfilled and taken on and will help me through. I can take on the easy yoke with Jesus. I can obey his commands and he will help me along the way. Believer, it is the most beautiful thing that he does for us. It's, It's perfect, right? He invites us to come to him and doesn't ask us to do it all ourselves, but he helps us and he guides us along the way. Only he could be a savior that could do that. So take on his yoke, take on his commands and they give us life. True rest is found in the commands of Jesus Christ. It is, we can obey them and he will help us do that. There's the beautiful picture of it. So we know to come to him, we accept his invitation, right? He's with open arms, come to me and I will give you rest. And then he says, take on the yoke, which again, we think, how is that restful? He tells us take on the yoke because it's for our own good and his commandments are not burdensome. They are for our good and for our rest. The third thing we see in our text today, so we have come to him, take his yoke. And the third one we have is learn from him. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This point is closely aligned with taking on Jesus's yoke. And it goes back to our question in the beginning, what if rest was a way of life? What if our rest wasn't found in the vacations that we go to or the couch that we nap on, the bed that we sleep in, the things that we have in this world? What if rest was a way of life? And what if it was resting in a savior who's done everything for you? What if that's what rest looks like? Let me tell you, that is what true rest looks like. Christ is telling us to learn from him. We take on his yoke, we walk with him. We learn from the way that he walked. We learn from the way that he talked. We learn from his life. And when we do so, we're walking in the rest that he has for us. His ways are perfect and his ways lead to life. And if we look back to verse 29 together, we see where he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And he grounds both of those things, right? Take on the yoke and learn from me, and he says this, for, because I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He tells us those two things. The reason you can do that is because he is gentle and lowly and you will find rest for your souls. This is one of the few times in the New Testament where Jesus reveals the character of his heart and think about it. He tells you his heart is gentle and lowly. I wrote down a couple of things that it doesn't say his heart is. Aggressive and proud, doesn't say that angry and upset, ashamed and fed up. You fill in the blanks. His heart is gentle and lowly. Your Savior loves you. His heart is gentle and lowly. He wants you to learn from him. Take on his yoke. Learn from the way that he lived. Learn from his commands. They are life-giving. They are not burdensome. They're for your good. His heart is gentle and lowly. Look at what Paul says about Jesus in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He says this, who, talking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus emptied himself. He took on the form of a servant. God in human form, truly God, truly man, took on the form of a servant, a humble servant. Are you kidding me? He is royalty. He doesn't deserve it. He took on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men like you and me, and he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus Christ has done it all for us. He's the exact opposite of what a high, proud king would be. He is gentle and lowly, and he's humble in heart. That's why you can come to him today. You can come to him because he's that way. He's not up here with his arms crossed saying, I knew you were gonna do that again. I was just waiting for you to do it because I know everything. No, he knows you, he sees you and he loves you and his arms are open wide telling you to come to me. Come to me. He's humbled himself. He's a gentle, lowly savior and servant and he's imploring you to come to him today. If rest is to be our way of life, then we must come, take and learn from the one who is our rest. Rest is not found alone in our vacation. Listen, you can get rest from those things. Rest is great in the world here. We have ways we can find rest, but true rest from our souls is resting in the one who is our rest, and it's Jesus Christ. He's done it all for you and for me. If rest is to be our way of life, then we must come, take, and learn from the one who is our rest. St. Augustine once said this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, And our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our heart is restless until it rests in him. You can go to every vacation in the entire world. You can go to the Bahamas, the Caribbean, you can go wherever you wanna go and find the most amazing, relaxing rest. But the reality is you come back to your regular life and if you're not right with Christ, listen, your soul is restless apart from him. You need him. He's opened his arms saying, come to me. I'm here for you, come to me. You'll be restless without him. Our hearts are restless until they find our rest in our savior who we were designed to be resting in to begin with. He's made us for himself and our hearts are restless until we rest in him. We must come to him. We must take on his yoke and we must learn from him and we will find rest when we do these things. If temporary rest is what you're seeking You will find it, let me tell you that. You're gonna find it in that vacation. You're gonna find it in those things. And I do not mean to demonize those because listen, they are needed, right? We need those things. I'm going on vacation in August and I can't wait. But listen, rest for our souls. The thing that you feel when you lay your head on your pillow at night and you're laying there thinking about your life, the burdens, the weights that we carry, that's the rest that we we need rest from, right? Those things. And let me tell you that it can be found in Jesus Christ today for you. Permanent, lasting rest is to be found in Jesus. It's available to you today. He's lived the life you couldn't live, paid the penalty you couldn't pay and provided what you could not provide for yourself. It's the best news of all. And he is our gentle and lowly savior. That description still amazes me my mind, again, back to our false views of Jesus, my mind wants to tell me he's the one who's ashamed of me. He's, ty- he's tired of me. Talk about being weary and burdened. He's weary and burdened by me. I come to him all the time. I'm a failure. I'm a screw up. But he, he has his arms open and says, come to me, my son. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, who are weary and burdened. And what does he tell us? He will give us rest. Not rest like a vacation, not rest from a nap on your couch, rest for your soul. True, lasting, permanent rest is found in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone. So listen, if you are a believer in the room today, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you're sitting here saying, you know, I find myself like point one, come to him where I'm distancing myself, right? I'm in sin. I'm like, you know, I I know you know me, you know everything about me, yet I'm distancing myself from you. And maybe you have a wrong view of Jesus, right? You see him as this angry guy up in the sky who's ready to zap you down because you failed. Listen, come back to your Savior come back to Him, He loves you, He cares for you, He's here for you. You are declared righteous if you are under Him. If you're in Christ, you are righteous. He is righteous, it's not yours. Praise the Lord for that, it's not us, it's Him. If you're a believer, come back to Him today. Find rest in Him, come back to Him, take on His easy yoke, take on His commandments, learn from Him, and watch how you find rest for your soul in Him. And if you, are here today. And maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're like, I don't know that I've ever come to him before. He has the open invitation and I've never, I've never come to him. Well, let me tell you today is a perfect day for salvation to come to him. It really is. The same things apply. His arms are open, the open invitation to come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you trying to be self-sufficient and live up to things on your own? Listen, He implores you, come to me today and I will give you rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Permanent, lasting rest is found in Jesus. Come to Him today. Listen, if you have any questions about that or how to have a relationship with Jesus, we're gonna have some pastors back in the VIP room back here and we would love to have a conversation with you about what it looks like to have a relationship with Him. We would be delighted to have that conversation with you because listen, permanent, true rest for your soul can be found in Jesus Christ, and it's only found in Him alone. Don't let sin, shame, or your broken view of who He is hold you back from coming to Him. He is the gentle and lowly Savior who has His arms open ready to welcome you in and forgive you of your sins and provide everything you need to be right with God forever, forever. And let me tell you one last thing. On this 4th of July weekend here, I know we're celebrating freedom and thank you Lord for our country and for freedom. But listen, if you are not in Christ, you are not free. You may be free within the confines of this country, but you are not in true freedom. And listen, you can be. I don't say that to demean, I'm saying I come to him. You can be truly free and find rest for your soul if you're in Christ. That is where you'll find it. You can be free in the realm of your country and also free from the bondage of sin. Apart from that, like the tree that's uprooted from the ground, like the fish out of water, like the train off tracks. Listen, that's not true freedom. True freedom is found in Christ and in Him alone. So we'd love to have a conversation with you about that. And um, as we close out, I just wanted to read to you um, some lyrics to a song that were, man, super, super helpful and impactful, I think, and fitting for us all. It's called, Come to the Lord. And And this is the bridge of the song. It says this, if you're hurting and broken, come to the Lord. If you're weary and restless, come to the Lord. If your burden is heavy, come to the Lord. If you're suffering and needy, come to the Lord. If your hope needs restoring, come to the Lord. If you're guilty from sinning, aren't we all? Come to the Lord. If you're haughty and prideful, come to the Lord. If you're lonely and searching, come to the Lord. If your marriage is struggling, come to the Lord. If you feel like you're too far, you've been too far, come to the Lord. If your past keeps you captive, come to the Lord. And if you're scared of tomorrow, come to the Lord today. He loves you. He has his arms open wide. He's ready to welcome you in. Believer, if you've been running from him, come back to him today. If you don't know him, run into his arms today. He loves you. He's provided everything you need to have rest for your soul. Come to him today. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your word today that we get to learn out of and um, I get to be up here and preach. God, I pray that the things we're uh, learning about today, we would actually do and put into action. Help us to believe these things. The enemy wants to deceive us and tell us these things are not true about you, but we know that we can find true rest in you and in you alone. God, I pray that you would help us to believe the truth about your word. Jesus, you are a gentle and lowly savior that we can come to for true, lasting rest. We love you so much. Thank you for that being the reality. We trust in you. We love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.